back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. I have officially at this point uh, stolen Wage Outlaws uh, or Road Dog promo. Yeah. Proudly presenting you a Wrestling with Attitude podcast of the world. Yes. Nick Coleman is back with me for part two of our WCW Halloween Havoc 1997 review show. Nick, yes. how are we doing? I am doing so wonderful. I mean, it's, it's a good day when you're sitting here on the greatest podcast in the universe reviewing freaking Halloween Havoc. Halloween Havoc. Yes. So let's get into what was next. So there was a Macho Man promo somewhere on this show, and we did not write down where it was. So I think we could just talk about that now because I believe it was right around here. It was right around here. And, uh, Solid Macho Man promo. I don't think this guy ever in his life ever disappointed when he was on the stick. No, no. And uh, so he's obviously in the NWO. He's a heel. And uh, DDP is on the uprise. And at this point, this was the end of their feud. Um, but a hell of a feud it was between the two. Yeah. And it really built DDP. So DDP had such a late start. Um, he was an older rookie. He he start. I don't know if you knew this, but he actually started out um, as a manager. I did not know that. In whatever promotion it was, um, him and Dusty Rhodes were good friends. Dusty got him the job in WCW. Yeah, and but he really didn't hit his. I, don't know for a fact how old he was in 1997, but he was into his 30s as a up-and-coming star. Yeah, so I just looked up out of curiosity. He's 65, so that would probably put him right around early 40s in this time. Right. Yeah. And which is uh, kind of dusty. I, mean, I, I guess you could argue Lashley has kind of done the same thing. but Yeah, I mean, Lashley's been a mid-card guy since he started, and now he's... Uh, he was WWE champion. He he his first main event run was when he was forty four. So that is saying something, right? Yep. Um, but anyways, Macho Man, a uh, nice little promo here. Elizabeth yep. in his corner. Another little fun fact: I'm pretty sure at this point, him and Elizabeth were actually divorced in real life. I think that's true. I think that they were divorced. Oh, I don't know exactly the year. I. Th- think don't quote me on this i think it was around 92 91 so they've been divorced for quite a while but i think they've uh i'm sure i don't know how their working relationship was in wcw after they were divorced so i i believe it was just one of those it's hard to tell because obviously uh made macho rest in peace and he can't talk about it now but from what i've uh documentaries and stuff i've seen over the years was he still wanted to take care of her uh, so yep. I think he had a lot of influence with keeping her around, keeping her on TV, and keeping her employed. Yeah. Uh, she later on, uh, unfortunately, her had issues um, and whatnot and passed away in 2003. But, uh, yeah, they were the perfect couple on television anyways. Um, on television, that's accurate. I'll, I'll give you that. They were the best couple on television. And uh, Macho pulls a, a great promo. And speaking of it, the NWO, 
Up next was a very heated Ric Flair versus formerly known as Mr. Perfect, Kurt Hennig. Yeah, I was just reading the notes I took for this match, and I called him Mr. Perfect like four times, so whoopsies. (laughs) uh, Mr. Perfect coming in as the United States champion. Uh, This was obviously the equivalent to the Intercontinental title uh, on the other side of things here. Yeah. At the time. Um, I I liked uh, Kurt had just turned and joined the NWO not long before this. And a uh, lot of heel heat he built uh, wore Ric Flair's robe the ring. Yeah, that was cool. That was cool. It's kind of weird to see Ric Flair work as the baby face. Yeah, and uh, it's at this time, Flair uh, was uh, a, a very big baby face. Um, it was I don't a- know if I've ever seen Ric Flair work as a baby face. Like I've heard, I knew he was a baby face at one point, but I've never with my eyes seen him work like that, which was, so it was cool to see something new. Yeah. And, and it was one of those things where he wasn't, uh, NWO. So what else do you do with him at that point? And exactly. a- after this match, uh, him and Bischoff, uh, had a, very heated feud going into Starcade seven of that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, this starts out. Henning comes out flaunting Flair's robe. Flair's music hits, sprinting to the ring. Um, where Henning plays again. I've said it time and time again in uh, episode one of uh, the part of of, of this of this podcast. Chicken shit heel. Yes. Uh, where Kurt Henning goes on the run. Flair does a little chasing. They do some action outside of the ring. Uh, leading inside the ring where uh, Henning gets gets his stuff in. Um, yeah, I think this was pretty solid. I think it was some good technical wrestling. I think when you think of like two wrestlers and two styles to fit, I think Ric Flair and Kurt Henning works really good. I thought it was good, but at the same time, I'm going to say this. When you think of how incredible each of these guys are. At yeah, the ring Mr. Perfect, Perfect is, I mean, Ric Flair is obviously one of the greatest of all time, despite, you know, several things. But Kurt Henning, I think, is just one of the most just sinfully underrated wrestlers in the history of the business. Absolutely. Um, I just, I think every match I've seen of his, he's just such a fantastic technical wrestler. He's a great heel. His like undefeated streak for so long worked really good. He's a great, he was a great IC champion. He had a, a few with Hogan and I think uh, 89 or 90, something like that. I just think he's so underrated. He had a uh, match with Bret Hart in, I believe sometime in 92 as well. Yeah, the- that's right. I think it was SummerSlam. Yeah. Summer- uh, I don't think it- I thought SummerSlam 92 was uh, Bret Hart and British Bulldog. Yeah, so maybe was it... Maybe Survivor Series. Once I'm going to do a quick little research right here. If we uh, Where was that? Bret Hart versus... It was SummerSlam 91. 91, okay, okay. Yep. Okay, so that must have been if Hart took the title, the IC title off of Perfect in 91, Bulldog got the upset win. 92 over Bret Hart. Yes. Okay. All right. All right. We're good. All right. There we go. Back on track. <laughs> um, 
but like I said, it, I I thought this match was pretty solid. Um, it but, was cool. But what I'm saying is, is when you think of these two guys, I guess my expectations were a little bit more than this. I agree with that completely. Um, that being said, I gave it a two and a half, uh, two point five star rating. I gave it three. Yeah, so we're we're in the ballpark, and um, yeah, I think this was a good match. I did not like the ending though. They were brawling. Eric got himself DQ'd here. Yeah. <laughs> Kurt Henning, he was in the tree of woe position. Ric Flair positioned the U.S. title on his face and then drop kicked him, and that was the DQ finish. It's not a babyface move. It's not a good finish that wraps up the story. I'm sure they continued feuding after this. I don't know exactly, but I'm sure they did. But I don't like the finish. Match was solid. I am comfortable with my three out of five. I think it was a little better than average, but definitely I agree could have been better. So going uh, forward after this match, Flair, uh, they both continued. They were still, uh, you know, Flair still being babyface went off to feud with Bischoff at Starcade. Yep. And uh, went off to eventually feud with DDP at Starcade. Yeah. Okay. So that's where uh, this was basic. This little thing was coming to an end um, and they were going elsewhere. Um, overall, not too bad. Uh, damn near no. a 15 minute match. Yep. It's solid. You know, no title change here. But it, it's nothing to go out of your way for. But if you got, if you're watching the show, it's not bad. I didn't hate it. No, no. It was, it was decent. Yep. All right. So our next match is kind of a somber one to look back at now. Like this week, it is the now late great Scott Hall accompanied by six better known as X Pog versus Lex Luger. Or the one, two, three kid. Or the one, two, three kid. He's known as several things. Or Sean Waltman. Sean Waltman, six, X Pog, one, two, three kid. He could be known as several things. Several things. Uh, this match, uh, okay, so refereed by Larry Zabisco, living legend Larry Zabisco. Uh, yeah, I think he was really good. Ref- I think he was really good in this match. Zabisco was good. Uh, he was a great announcer in my. So, uh, uh, just to update uh, you, if you don't know this, and the audience as well. So, the announce team back then was led by Tony Schiavone, Mike Kinney. Uh, Dusty Rhodes, who kind of did here and there, but he kind of faded away. Larry Zabisco would then on Nitro, and then he would go away, and uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan finished the show. Yep. That was their uh, how they did uh, a three-man commentary booth at that time. But anyways, Larry Zabisco had heat with Scott Hall at this point in time. Yeah, I could tell from this match. <laughs> so this whole match was more or less about the storytelling. Uh, Luger was super hot. Had actually, I can't remember what pay-per-view it was, but at some point in the summer of 97, he actually won the world title off of Hogan. Who did? Lex Luger. He did? He did and dropped it back soon, at like maybe weeks or a month after. I did not know that, but I guess the WCW title has had just a, a plethora of champions. But Luger was hot back then. He was a top babyface in the prime of his career. Nothing ever. He he couldn't really get his career off the ground in the WF. 
Yep. He, uh, I, I'm almost positive the very first episode of Monday Night Nitro in 95, he showed up. And to Vince's recollection, he was, he thought he was still under contract. That's you know, right. Yes. That I did know that. I did know that. They, they weren't paying attention. And uh, Mr. Bischoff knew when the contract was coming to an end and signed them. And nobody. That's right. Apparently, the same thing is with uh, Macho Man. The first night he was in WCW, they had no idea Macho Man was scheduled to be on commentary the night he showed up in WCW. Back for you while we're going off on this, and then we'll get back to it. Um, I watched uh, when I got the idea that I wanted to do a uh, podcast with on WCW with you. I, I was actually watching a random episode of Nitro from November of '97. Yep, and NWO comes out with Rick Rude. With Rick, Ru- that's right. He was on the same show, wasn't and- he? Because. Raw yeah. was pre-taped, right? And then Raw was I have heard of that. Raw was, was pre-taped. And so he was on, on the Raw same was show. Michaels and DX and also on Nitro pulling a live promo where he shot on Vince McMahon and Shawn Michaels and basically without calling them assholes, called them assholes. Nice. Nice. That was a very epic uh moment in history. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. But, uh, so back to Luger and Hall, I thought it was a, it was a good, it was a solid match, but it was more about the storytelling. Uh, NWO pulled some heel work where, uh, they, uh, sticks got involved. Uh, Zabisco did not see what I'm trying to think. How did, uh, six interfere? I uh, I think I didn't write too much notes. I think he was just a manager for a while. He was, like, distracting the ref. I know that towards the ending, he came down. He, like, hit Lex Luger, which allowed um, uh, Razor Remote or Scott Hall to get the win. And then Larry Zabisco reversed the decision after he saw a replay. And Rock. then Lex Luger locked in, like, a rack attack submission. And um, Eric Bischoff and Six, they both attacked Lex Luger to give him the DQ win. Right, right. Yeah. I knew. I just couldn't remember original finish. I knew six got involved, um, but anyways, yeah. So Zabisco overturns that initial decision. Uh, so essentially, uh, it's not really screwing all, but you know, in all fairness, giving Luger another shot, restarting the match. Yeah, yeah. But this was all working the angle of Zabisco and Scott Hall. Um, I gave this a three, three and a half just because I like the storytelling. I gave this a two and a half. So we're pretty similar. I wasn't a huge fan of the in-ring action and the, it's kind of soured by the DQ finish. So I'm not a huge fan of this match, but I get what you're saying. Yeah. It was just more or less. I think that the time invested in uh, the 13 minutes of this match was more about, WCW versus um, and in 97 that was their bread and butter at that point yeah that was like the uh, that was like the uh, late 80s version of America versus everywhere else right right Um, so technically uh, on the record books that's going contest 
Yeah, I think it should be a DQ win for Lex Luger, but no contest is what it is ruled as, which is weird, but, you know. Is what it is. Um, yeah. Is what it is. And, and speaking of NWO versus WCW, next on the list, Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh, yeah. Versus Diamond Dallas Page. Um in a Las Vegas sudden death match. Whatever that means. But basically this means... I guess that kind of just means based on the match itself. Just like no rules. Like just fight till you die or something. I don't know. Yeah. It was regular like pin submission rules. But the ending was like... Uh, it was like... it Was a was it a count out win or was it like a... I don't know. The rules were confusing for this match. So DDP couldn't respond uh, if we're jumping ahead just a little bit. So a fake sting comes out and attacks the injured ribs of Diamond Dallas Page. Yeah. Where, yeah, DDP couldn't get up and, and uh, you know, couldn't reach the count of 10. Uh, so the, the ref had to stop the match. Yes. yes. But it was, I thought it was, a it was, this was the longest match on the card going over 18 minutes. Uh, they wrestled through the crowd. They went up on the staging area, which was, if you uh, were to watch a lot of WCW at the time, was a common thing in DDP matches. Uh, they used all uh, the gimmicky stuff on the staging area at, on the entranceway uh, as weapons and um, yep, just all over the place. But which is, you know, Macho Man getting his. Uh, Hit stuff in both guys towards the end of the match, selling injuries like they were beat dog crap. Yeah. Um. So good selling there. I think the uh, selling was good. The match was very solid. I I am personally a big fan of just like crazy brawling more of a side of wrestling. I kind of enjoy that. Uh, I like the like like I said the brawl side to this match. Uh, Macho Man and GDP are obviously two of the greatest of all time, so that was big. And yeah, I enjoyed this match. I enjoyed this match a lot. So Macho Man winds up with the victory here. Um, but that being said, I think this match, well, not not just this match, but the feud, uh, elevated DDP tremendously going forward from here on out. Yeah. Allowing yeah. him to do big things that gave him uh, a lot of recognition by being able to perform and keep Randy Savage. Yeah, he, for sure. Later on and coming up months from here uh, in the summer of 98 was the whole DDP and Carl uh, Malone versus Hogan and uh, Dennis Rodman angle. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, so big things were to come for DDP. He would later on win the world title. Um, but and yeah, then become uh, the stalker for The Undertaker's wife. <sighs> yeah. Very sorry I brought that up. Um, not to mention, they also, WWE, did the positively page thing that pretty much ruined him. They did the what? <laughs> His gimmick was uh, positively page. What in the hell is positively Paige? It was just he would come out smiling. Ugh. Positive, positive Paige. Hey, 
Uh, he did get his match at uh, WrestleMania 18 against Christian, which I think might have been for the European title. But regardless, he he at least got like a pretty solid Mania match in, in under his belt. But yeah, I mean Christian's great, so it's kind of hard to have a bad match with Christian. I think he's great, but oh, poor DDP, poor DDP. Anyways, um, so on to. The main event of the evening, a non-title steel cage match, WCW world champion Hulk Hogan versus Rowdy Roddy Piper. So, um, yeah, yeah. uh, Again, you know, here's the thing, my thought on this. You're selling Roddy Piper and Hulk Hogan for the millionth time, which is fine because it's, again, a rekindled rivalry, but reverse roles. Piper's coming in as a pretty hot baby face. Hogan, arguably the hottest heel at this point in time in the business. So oh, I'd say so. I'd say so. Yeah, and uh, but no title on the line. We know bigger things are at stake with Sting and Hogan coming up uh, in a couple of months after this. Yeah. So as far as the main event picture goes kind of a filler match which sucks for piper but it is what it is um 13 and a half minute match uh what were your thoughts on this now we're (laughs) the whole thing was no sting at ringside not not even at ringside but sting barred from the building um yep kind of ironic because little fun fact at one point there was seven stings involved there were seven stings involved so my thoughts on this match i was looking up the Meltzer star ratings just for curiosity for the show he gave this a dud which is just none so i don't think it was that bad it was not good it was really really slow and i did not really like the sting thing i kind of wish they just had the one real sting come down but i guess i don't did the real sting come down or was it all seven fake stings hard telling (laughs) yeah i i don't know i'm not a fan to be quite honest i don't love this match and why wasn't the title on the line well i guess because piper won so well, that was kind of there. You know, we would have had to have reviewed like all the nitros leading into this, but obviously, so in storyline, because everybody knew Bischoff obviously was um, one of the head honchos for the WCW company, but so was, uh, and we saw we kind of skipped over this. Uh, uh, didn't uh, I might be confused because I think Starcade um, nine. 90- because we were going to do that one too. Oh and, damn! Sorry. Uh, the heavy set glasses. Now I can't think of his name for the life. Yeah, of someone me. did come down before this match and said he doesn't care what Stone, uh, what Hulk Hogan says. He is coming down. He he has to fight. I know his name, and it's going to bug me like hell. But anyway, so he was in like the head uh, guy for the WW side, whereas Eric Bischoff was controlling the nwo with that controversy so for some reason in story that there had to have been a reason why hogan's belt wasn't on the line but yeah uh they didn't do a great job of expressing why uh the announced team should have at least done that at some point unless it went over my head and it but uh yeah belt on the line steel cage match hogan and piper 
you would have thought there would have been more incentive to this, but again, it was really about Sting at this point. You know, oh, absolutely, he was the bit, he was the guy, and Sting hadn't wrestled since mid '96 when Hogan turned heel on WCW, um, yeah. joined uh, the Outsiders. So, kind of an underwhelming way to end a, a pay-per-view i gave this two stars that's what i gave it i gave it two stars as well because again and that was the thing it was all about storyline 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 but i here's the thing i think that was what made wrestling so great in both sides both wcw and both wwe were doing the same thing yeah. where a pay-per-view would end you had to tune in Monday night to see the continuation of what was going on. Yeah, I know, but I feel like that shouldn't be the mindset. The mindset should be pay-per-views are like where feuds culminate. And I get that this isn't a main show, but still, like it's just it's not the best ending to this show. This was not a very good match. Mm. Yeah. So ending was but like 7,000 stings coming down and they were just making sure the NWO didn't interfere. But that did not work out very good because Macho Man came down and he climbed to the top of the gigantic cage and he went for an axe handle, but Roddy Piper moved and Macho Man didn't at all hit Hulk Hogan, but Hogan sold it like he did get hit. And Piper took out Macho Man, locked in a sleeper hold, and he got the win for, he just, he got the big win. And to celebrate his big win, he got absolutely whooped by the NWO. And that is how the show ended. Yeah. It, it, kind of a botched end there with the, with the elbow. Uh, the yeah. annou- announcers tried to hide that. But yeah. regardless, so Piper technically walks out victorious without a title. Um, and Hogan again goes on, uh, carry on uh with his sting thing um yeah underwhelming uh very underwhelming and probably another reason why there arguably may not be uh it might not be necessary to have a pay-per-view every single month <laughs> i do not think it's necessary to have a pay-per-view once a month you could have ended this on a nitro you know what i mean yeah absolutely but, uh, you know, instead, let's charge everybody like 50 bucks for this. And, and yeah, let's charge everybody 50 bucks to see. Fi- uh, oh, how long was this? It wasn't even that long. It wasn't even 15 minutes, but yeah. still just like wrestles and slow wrestling and really weak spots and the sting thing. I didn't like it. I kind of just wish the real sting came down and like got chased out by security or something. But that this was whatever. It is what it is. But uh, overall, not a bad pay-per-view top to bottom. No, overall, I think there was bad on the show. I think that there uh, Mongo versus Alex Ray, Disco Inferno versus Jackie, uh, and then that main event, I think none of those were good. But there was good on the show. There was the Kurt Henning and Ric Flair, which I enjoyed. I liked I didn't mind Scott Hall and Lex Luger. I, uh, of course, Ray and Eddie was legendary. I think this was a there was more good on this show than there was bad. I gave it three out of five stars overall. I I can agree with that. Yeah, better than better than average, but not great. Yeah, I think so. From an overall standpoint, um, yeah, just absolutely solid pay per view, and you know, at the time, so and again, at this particular 
Bowman, um, by the numbers, WCW was, in fact, beating WWE still to this point, like regularly. And and overall, there was a lot of guys we didn't even see on this card. Um, But, uh... Yeah, like most of the NWO. What's that? Yeah, like most of the NWO. Yeah, so like I, I, you know, we didn't see the Steiner brothers. We didn't see, um, you know, Buff Bagwell, and yeah, like, there was. Uh, they did a little. They mentioned Raven's flock uh, during the opening match. Yeah, he, he was in the crowd very briefly. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big, was, I'm a big, big fan of Raven. Raven was good. Uh, yeah. So you know, there was that was kind of the start of bringing in Raven and in, in the flock, and there was obviously in the months and year or so to come they would build him up and uh their angle uh raven and ddp had some great matches going forward as well i'm sure they did uh ryan and i actually went to a wcw event in may of 98 where raven and ddp were involved in a street fight oh my yeah yeah so yeah that was halloween havoc well, I appreciate you uh, doing this with me, and I thought it was a good change of uh, pace considering uh, we've been on quite the WrestleMania kick. As we Absolutely, speak. and I also think it was cool because I've never, like I said, watched top to bottom a WCW show, so it was cool to see this, and I am, yeah, it was cool to watch it. Thank you, as always, for having me on here. I think, like I said last time, we got to get the Fatal 4-Way together once before Mania. We will do that. We will. Do, yeah. Um, I guess my plan is is what I'd like to do is a, a WrestleMania 38 preview show and a review show. Yeah, I think that's cool. Um, so that'll be I think next on our agenda because we are now within a few weeks away from from. I know. The- I believe it's currently Friday. I think this it so tomorrow will be Saturday. I think there's Saturday and then there's a week and then there's WrestleMania. I believe you're right. We are so right. We are getting right into the thick of it. Yes, sirree. All righty. Well, All right. thank would you, you like for to... having me. Yes. And would you like to plug your YouTube channel real quick before we go off air? I would love to. How kind of you. If you would like to hear more of my lovely self, go check out on YouTube, The Wrestling Life. It is my YouTube channel. I do pretty much what I do over here. Just give my opinions about wrestling in a nice manner because I think the IWC in 2022 could use that. I do uh, AEW reviews, pay-per-view reviews for WWE and AEW. I'll do some fantasy booking things. I do a variety of things. So if you are interested at all, I do recommend you go check that out. Just yesterday was my one-year anniversary on YouTube. Yes. Like, share, and subscribe for both of us. Absolutely. Absolutely. You better subscribe to both because I will steal your dogs and I will give them to... Um, I will just let them free. I'll just let your dogs free unless you subscribe to both of us. I don't know how that works with podcasts, but you better do it or I'm going to come to your house and beat you up. Yeah. Thank you everybody for tuning in wrestling with attitude, uh, back with a WrestleMania preview show on WrestleMania 38 in uh, the near future. Thanks again. Like share and subscribe.